welcome back to the podcast for Cultural Reformation, brought to you by the Ezra Institute. Welcome back, one and all. This is the podcast for Cultural Reformation, brought to you by the Ezra Institute. I'm Ryan Aris, and it's my privilege to be joined by Pastor Tobias Riebenschneider on this uh, Reformation Day. That's the day that we're recording. You'll get it a little bit later, but uh, today is... Uh, October 31st, Reformation Day, and it's a, uh, it's a privilege to be speaking with this, uh, this German pastor today. Uh, listeners, readers of ours will, uh, will recognize Tobias's name. Uh, he's the author of the book Resisting Tyranny, published by Ezra Press. Uh, he's uh, with the, one of the principal authors of the Frankfurt Declaration on Church and Civil Liberties, uh, the pastor of uh, Reformed Baptist Church Frankfurt, and Author of uh, of several other things, involved in several other projects, I understand that uh, that are coming come to fruition that we'll hear about very soon. So we're uh, we're very pleased to have you with us again. We're going to uh, going to be talking today about the culture of death, and uh, there are many things involved in that. Before we dive into that discussion, just a very quick reminder that uh, this weekend, November 4th, this Saturday in Daventry in the UK, the Mission of God conference is happening with Joe Boot, Andrea Williams, Aaron Edwards, and Graham Leach. That's a, a co-sponsored event uh, with our friends at Christian Concern, and there are still tickets available for that. Uh, if you visit EzraInstitute.com, you'll find the, uh, the link to, to purchase tickets to attend that event. Tickets are also available uh, for our uh, our Canadian and uh, northern uh, northern state American uh, friends to visit us at, in Windsor, Ontario, November second for another Mission of God conference, and then the weekend after that, December 9th, in uh, in Calgary, Alberta, and we'll be dealing with the theme of redeeming sexuality uh, at uh, at both of those conferences. So I hope that uh, we'll have an opportunity to see you at uh, at least one of those. We've got uh, three Mission of God conferences, good odds, good opportunity for you to uh, to attend. Uh, hoping to uh, hoping to see you there. So Tobias, my brother, uh, welcome. Thank you so much for having me back, Ryan. It's uh, it's a real privilege. I'm glad that we could do this. As I mentioned, uh, we're, we're talking about the uh, the culture of death today, and we'll uh, we'll get mm. into exactly what that means. I just wanted to start us off with a short reading from Proverbs. This is Proverbs eight, uh, verse thirty five and thirty six. Wisdom personified writes, "He who finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord, but he who sins against me injures himself. All those who hate me love death." And one of the things uh, we were talking just before the show that uh, this was one of the things that uh, that you wanted to uh, one of the verses that you wanted to refer to as well, and I'm glad that uh, yes. glad that it's so. Uh, one of the things that jumps out right away is that uh, there is a there is a moral and religious uh, aspect to to uh, death and to hatred, and so when we're talking about a a culture of death. And we're here on the podcast for cultural reformation. Uh, all things cultural are on the table for discussion. Uh, one of the things that uh, that leaps out is that this there is there is a connection between uh, 
between Christ, between the Lord and life, and a rejection and a hatred of Christ and death. Uh, those two, those two go hand in hand. So, brother, maybe uh, I'll I'll give you a chance to uh, to start with uh, the way that uh, you wanted to start, but uh, let's uh, let's just get on to this phrase that to, that I've said a few times now: culture of death. Uh, yes, come comes from uh, or most recently, I suppose, was was coined by uh, Pope John Paul II and is, mm-hmm, yes. uh, is fairly common amongst, uh, in Roman Catholic uh, discussion. But uh, yeah. this, is, this is something that, uh, that we acknowledge, uh, but maybe it would be helpful first to, uh, to define what we mean by that and what is entailed by it. Yeah. So um, you're right, it, it comes uh, at least recently from the Roman Catholics, but it's a good and, and fitting um, term. Because uh, you, you just gave us uh, the, the biblical grounds for this. Hmm. Um, we see that in, in Proverbs 8. Yeah? So okay. everyone who, who loves God loves life, and everyone who hates God loves death. Yes. And that's ex- exactly what, what this is about. We, we'll shortly talk about what this entails, right? This culture of death. But that's exactly the theological reason for what we are seeing in our cultures. Um, people turn away from God. They hate God. They hate his law. And uh, if, you, if you turn away from life, the only thing left is death. So they yeah. turn to death and they love and embrace death. And uh, what we mean by that, if we talk about our culture of death, is, um, well, I think you could probably say it, 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 st- it really started with ab- abortion. This is already decades ago um, when we started to, to murder babies in the womb. And and even uh, yeah, especially recently, are really really elevating this to a to a moral value. So we're there. There at least here in Germany. I'm not sure how that is in, in in America or Canada. Probably very similar. But here, people who who try to make this a a human right. Yeah, yes. it, it's so it's a good it, it's a good thing. It's a virtue that you're allowed to murder your baby. And then you come from this, which is also part of the culture of death, uh, this climate change, religion, and, uh, and they say, well, we have to save the planet, so it's good to abort your baby because more babies is bad for the climate, is bad for the planet. So there it started, right, with abortion. Um, but it didn't end there. Um, we, we see that now with youth, euthanasia coming back. Um, we, we don't have that in Germany just yet because, mm. because of our unique history with the Nazi regime. Um, they, they used the, the word, the term euthanasia to, uh, to justify the murder of, of all kinds of people, especially um, disabled people and so on. So mm-hmm. there is, a, uh, it, so there is some, uh, some reluctance in, in Germany uh, be, uh, be, uh, yeah, against this background. But yep. all in, all around us in, in Europe, especially I'm thinking of Belgium or so, they all in, uh, allowed euthanasia just uh, recently, a few years ago. And there was even a story of an eight-year-old child being murdered. And in Canada, you, you know what I'm talking about. You have the same problem. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. Canada, so, Canada has no uh, abortion laws. Abor- abortion is legal right up to full term uh, mm-hmm. in, uh, in our land here. Yes. Land of the free, and then of where course, also is healthcare. Right? 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing, right? So we see how how death, how how killing, murdering, is elevated to a to a high level of of, of actually being something morally good. Yes. And um, and it does doesn't stop there because um, you know even if you look at things like homosexuality, uh, no life can come out of a homosexual relationship. Um, or a step further, transgenderism. Uh, bodies are actually destroyed so that they will never be able uh, to to um, produce, to bring forth life again. So all of this is part of this culture of death. It's about destroying or preventing human life and actually calling this good. So calling what is evil good and what is good evil. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's... It, you know, very, very observant to, and very significant that you that you noticed. It doesn't it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop with abortion. And the th- the thing that I have noticed, uh, whether it's uh, and probably most most obviously in the area of sexuality, is that once you have stepped out of those scriptural God given boundaries for human sexuality, there is no logical stopping point. There's Yes. You know, once you're either you're either inside or outside, and once you're outside, that like that's the the only fence is between in and in and out. Yes, if you don't believe that there is an objective, transcendent law, given mm-hmm. by a by a lawgiver by God, uh, who has the authority to um, to, to to give this law, uh, once you you start believing in that, then law becomes just what what a given culture at a given time thinks good. So um, they don't even need to give moral reasoning because there's no higher standard. They themselves are their own standard. Mm-hmm. And so, as, as you said, there are no, no limits to uh, how you can pervert the law of God and actually um, yeah, turn it on its head. Um, and, and we see that all around us. And uh, I fear we have not seen uh, all of it. I think we are... We will probably see more things, uh, which are now maybe unthinkable, as unthinkable as abortion was maybe a hundred years ago, and homosexual marriages and, and transgenderism was just maybe twenty, thirty years ago. And uh, so, yeah, as you said, there is no actual limit. Where, where should you stop? Why should you stop? If there is no objective law that you have to adhere to, you're completely free to make up your own laws as you wish. Right. Uh, tell tell me more about uh, the European context in particular. Uh, what what were the major um, you know ideas or movements or whether uh, a shift in the uh, the legal framework that uh, that led to this uh, more the the mainstream acceptance uh, and embracing of uh, of this death culture. Yes. So. It, it, it came from America, <laughs> uh, many things, right, start in America, mm. and then yeah. uh, they also come to Europe and come to Germany. And so it actually started with a sexual revolution. It, it mm. took, took a few years until it really um, came to Germany, and, uh, but um, it was basically the same that happened in America and, and in all uh, countries of, of the Western uh, world. Um, feminism and uh and and you know th- this idea that uh that to be, in, in order to be really free you have to you have to be able to uh, well to have free sex 
yeah, to, to be unlimited in your sexual behavior. And then this, of course, course creates problems like um, pregnancies that you didn't really want. And mm-hmm. um, maybe there is no father who is willing to, to stay with you and take care of, of that baby with you and maybe even marry you, right? So all this, um, all this sexual uh, freedom, as, as they call it, Uh, this led up to the need of abortion because the the narrative is, well, a woman also must be able to have um, free sexual relationships as any man, but uh, she cannot be as free as any man because she can get pregnant. Mm -hmm. So to free her, she must be able to abort the baby. Right. Um, And of course, this, it's, you know, this of course is, is achieving exactly the opposite like all this feminism stuff, everything that, that is a rebellion against God, it, achie- it achieves the exact opposite of what it's cla- it claims it wants to achieve. Um, abortion is something that actually enslaves women because it, it very often, not always, but very often it's the case that the, the father doesn't want the baby. And now he uses abortion as a, well, to, 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 you know, to put pressure on the woman And, and, and tell her, well, you should abort. I don't want the baby. If you want it, okay, fine. Don't have an abortion, but don't count on me. Mm-hmm. That's your decision then. I, yeah. I'm out. And this yeah. happens very often. And uh, so it's not actually a liberation of women. It's an, right. an enslavement of women, right? Um, it just furthers um, yeah, reckless behavior and immoral behavior. So, so this was the, the first step right um abortion then the next step i would say and and of course abortion was continually um uh, yeah it was continue continually um more uh more legalized so it, it it was not all at once it came step by step right and interestingly in in germany in i think it was in 1995 there was an attempt by the uh, by the legislators to completely allow um, abortion. So right now it's officially still a crime, but under certain circumstances um, there will, no, will be no penalty, right? Hmm. But it's still in our criminal code. Right. Um, and in 1995, uh, they tried to get it out of there completely, make abortion completely legal uh, without any restrictions. And our Supreme Court uh, stepped in and said, well, this is not, you cannot do this. This is against um, the vel- value and worth and the dignity of, of, of humans. So they acknowledged that, that is, it's, it's a human inside there and it has some dignity. Uh, so, of course, they didn't really uh, went through with this consistently. They would have had, had to abolish abortion. But at least they stepped in and said, well, you cannot just say it's completely legal, right? Uh, I don't think, um, well, I don't know, but, but I'm not sure that... Uh, The Supreme Court will, would uh, give a, a, a ruling like that today, but uh, that happened in 1995. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the next step was basically homosexuality, so homosexual marriages. Um, mm. And it was really interesting because uh, for some times this was really pushed hard by the leftists, by the Green Party, and so on. But um, a, a cons- we had a conservative leader. Angela Merkel, maybe you you have heard of her, right? She was, I think, for 16 years our our chancellor. So yes, and um, and at a time where 
where actually there wasn't really much pressure from the left. It, it had somewhat stopped, right? Um, Angela Merkel stepped forth, forth and said, well, I now want to allow gay marriage. I want to legalize it. Uh, it. It was really strange because she was the leader of the conservative party, right? And there wasn't a real pressure put on her. So it was a very strange move. And um, and actually, it, it, it was one of, of one of the steps that actually moved the Conservative Party way, way to the left. So it's we cannot really consider it a Conservative Party anymore. But that right. was her doing. Yeah. So then we got gay marriage, and I think it is probably the same as also in 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 Canada and and America. So it's step by step; they just keep on and and um, first it's that they legalize it, that they allow it. Then uh, they they demand of you that you uh, don't say anything against it, and uh, the next step is they will actually persecute persecute you if you say something against it. So that's the steps they're always going right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have we have a very similar situation politically in Canada. We also have a a conservative party uh, at the. Uh, the federal as well as the provincial level. And I always have to tell people who aren't from Canada, you know, conserv conservative is their name. That doesn't necessarily represent their mm -hmm. policy decisions. That's uh, yeah. that's just what they call themselves. Yeah. It's even worse in Germany because the, the conservative party actually calls itself Christian Democratic Union. Oh, is um, that right? But the Christian is long gone. So mm. it's... Uh, that's... Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like the uh, the YMCA here. I'm not sure if you have that in Germany. But. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and yeah, it's, you know what is interesting? Angela Merkel even was a a pastor's uh, daughter. I think so. I knew she that. grew up, uh, in, yeah, in a Christian home. I, of course, I don't know whether they were born again or just nominal Christians, but she came actually from a pastor's home, and um, and still she was the one to. Uh, yeah, to really legalize um, gay marriage, and so, yeah, mm. just just uh, having Christian in your name doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Amen. So, brother, we we began this uh, this conversation uh, on a uh, a biblical and theological note uh, about mm. uh, the uh, the the love for God leading to life, the hatred for God leading to a love of death. Uh, so we, we understand that at the at the foundation uh, there are there are he, very human and very uh, spiritual uh, re reasons for this uh, this contemporary state of affairs. But I don't know. Maybe speaking speaking sociologically, speaking culturally, you, you've talked about how something like abortion is actually very very damaging for a woman in particular. Uh, and uh, you know, it does not uh, does not lead no, ma no matter how much we've been told does not lead to human flourishing uh, on just on a on an individual or a, a cultural level why can, why do you believe that we we keep at it why do we keep at it to such a degree that so-called conservatives are are propping this up and uh, and perpetuating mm. uh, this this kind of uh, policy and uh, this kind of practice yeah actually um so i i think the real reason is that they just don't have any other 
a chance. So you know, it's it's a little bit like like evolution or so. <laughs> evolution mm -hmm. theory is stupid, but they have to right. cling to it because if, if if the other option, the alternative, is God, and yes. this cannot yeah. be right. Yeah. And I yeah. think it's the same here. If you if you actually say, well, we have been wrong for the past hundred years or so. Okay, what what went wrong? Well, actually, we despised Christianity. We hated God. And that's why we did all these rebellious acts. So actually saying, well, we were wrong, just leaves you with one alternative, back to Christ, back to God. And, and that's actually something they cannot do. So they ha have to perpetuate this, uh, this narrative. And, um, you know, it, it, it's sometimes really crazy if you read... Um, if you read, for example, women who who, who really promote abortion, um, what they say is, uh, is 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 just stupid. It, it, it's not just you know. Even if you're not a Christian, you should be able to see that uh, this doesn't make any sense. What they're saying, yeah. And uh, you know, a few years ago, a few decades ago, they said, well, it, that's not a human life in, inside the womb. It's just some cluster of cells or so. Well, now we know that this is not just a cluster of cells. Science has proven it. We knew it before. We, we have known it for uh, thousands of years because we're Christians yes. and we read the Bible. Um, but even science has now caught up. Yeah, They also know now that this is not just uh, a cluster of cells. So why don't they back up? Why don't, why don't they say, okay, we were wrong. We have to reconsider. No, they just find another, um, another reason. Now they say, okay, maybe it's a human life. But it's not a person. It, it's, it's not really self-aware, so you can still murder it. Yeah. Mm. So it, it's, it really doesn't make any sense. And I think what we see here is, um, is actually what, what Paul writes about in Romans 1. They are actually given over. Their, their minds are depraved. They, uh, so they cannot really think clearly anymore. Yeah. And the real reason is um, it's not about truth. It's about their rebellion against truth. So they, they, cannot, they cannot turn around and, uh, and go the other direction because that would lead to God and, and that's not an option for them, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So knowing, uh, knowing this, uh, this, should, uh, this should really animate and uh, inform Christian witness to the culture. I would, uh, mm -hmm. wouldn't, wouldn't you say? This, is, uh, this should really uh, make up the... Uh, all, all of the foundation for, for a Christian response. So how, uh, yes, yeah. go on. Sorry. Yeah. Right. So, um, we have to, um, to respond in a way that is actually, um, meaningful to our culture. And when we are now, um, facing a the culture of death, then this is what we have to address. And that's not the first time, by the way, Christians have to do, Christians have to do that. They had to do that, uh, for example, 2,000 years ago in Rome. Yes. Um, in Rome, they, they threw unwanted, unwanted babies just uh, at night. They, they threw them to the, in, in, in the trash, and, mm -hmm. and the, the dogs would come and, and eat them. And Christians would, would go around and, and search for those thrown-away babies and, yeah. and take them in and adopt them. And there were there were also other things like what was going on in, in the arena where uh, where gladiators killed each other or, or even Christians were killed just for entertainment of the mm -hmm. people. So there was also a culture of death, and Christians had to face and had to fight it. 
So um, this is not unique. It is unique um, in, in, the, in the sense that uh, since the Christianization of the Western world, uh, this, this was done away with, now it's coming back. But it's not unique in all of, of Christian history. So we really have to, we have to address this, this issue. Um, you know, I believe that abortion, and, and if you want to think a little bigger, the entire culture of death, is actually the, the one single biggest issue of our time. Of course, the underlying issue is unbelief and rebellion against God. But if you want to, to point at those things that we can actually see working, uh, how this works out in culture, um, mm -hmm. this is the most important issue. And we have to address it and we have to fight it. Um, we have to fight it to, to save lives. Uh, you know, G God demands this of us. Um, he tells us that, that, we, so that he tells we should open our mouth. So we should not be silent. We have to open our mouth for those who cannot speak. For, for those who are, uh, who are really poor and needy and cannot speak for themselves, like little babies murdered in the womb, they cannot speak. They have been silenced before they could even speak. So God demands us to, to speak up for them. And even more, he even tells us to rescue them. So mm -hmm. um, we have to take this seriously. Uh, this, is, this is actually a part of our Christian witness of, of the good deeds we have to, to do. We have to fight this culture of death. We have to save life. And we fight it with the gospel of life. So um, it, it's not enough just to, just to say, well, this is evil. It's true. That's evil. So confront, confront this with the uh, law of God, but also give the alternative. Show that there is a God of, of life and there is, that there is a gospel of life, that there's life in Christ. Um, so this is very important. And maybe one other thought uh, mm -hmm. in this regard. So abortion, and, and again, the entire culture of death, this is also um, a national sin. So this is not just something we can say, well, he's doing it, she's doing it, I'm not, so I'm fine. No, this is a national sin. And, um, and God tells us how he will deal with these kinds of national sins. Uh, he says, uh, I think it's in, in, um, in Leviticus, um, I even think I even got it here somewhere. But he, so he says, um, if you if you do things like that, it's you know, if you um, if you kill your your children, if you give them to Molech, yeah, um, if you sacrifice your children, um, the land will spew you out. Mm -hmm. It will vomit you out. Uh, and God has done that before. Yeah, he said the land vomited the, the people out uh, yeah, that, that were, were there before you. So this is actually something that affects every one of us. You cannot say, well, I have, have nothing to do with this. Well, if we continue, the land will vomit us, us, us out. And we are part of this land. We are part of this nation. So uh, it will also affect us. So two reasons why we have to do this. Uh, we have to love our neighbor. We, first of all, we have to love God. So we have to love his law. And we have to try to, uh, well, to, to work towards that his law is respected again in our, in our land. We have to love our neighbor, which means at the very least, save them from being murdered. Um, and we also have to understand that this is a national sin that, that actually affects us all. Right. Actually, as soon as you started saying that, uh, that abortion was the, you know, the most important issue for us to, uh, to fight against in our age, my immediate thought, and not that I want to put forward something else, not that we want to necessarily rank these things, but uh, 
I really appreciate you fleshing that out in terms of the the scope and scale and the the heinousness, the all encompassing uh, nature of the uh, the scourge that abortion is. So I think that uh, you've made a made a compelling case right there. Yeah, yeah. Just to add one thing, um, you know, just um, just a, few, a week ago or so, I preached on abortion at, at my church. It was almost a ninety minute sermon. Um, <laughs> And what I did was that I actually told people what was going on, what was happening uh, when when a baby is, is, is aborted. I don't want to get into that here, maybe, but um, you know, if we think, well, maybe that's not too important, we should maybe do some research. Mm -hmm. We should maybe look at at the numbers for one, because this is a this is a mass murder. This is a holocaust that is uh, unparalleled. There's no war, um, no nothing, yeah, that parallels the sheer numbers of, of humans murdered here. Uh, I, I read that according to the, um, the World Health Organization, um, 40% of deaths are by abortion worldwide, 40%. Wow. So it's, we are talking about billions of, of babies being murdered. And I just looked at uh, Planned Parenthood and, and their plans for the next five years. So they have a five-year plan, and mm -hmm. their plan is to, to murder... Two billion more children worldwide in the next two in the next five years. So the the sheer number and scales of this is something we have to consider. But then also what is actually going on, because abortion. If yep, you know, look at look at if 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 you dare, yeah, uh, look at uh, some some pictures, look at some videos. It's it's all it's out there. You can find this. Um, yeah, it is the most gruesome, most brutal thing you can ever imagine it's, it's it's like coming out of the worst horror movie you can imagine it's mm. it's so evil it's so dark it's so gruesome uh, it's it's actually unbearable so i i cannot really think about this i have to no. distance myself at least a bit from this otherwise i i didn't wouldn't know how to handle this but it's important that we that we don't just say well theoretically i know there is abortion no really think about what's going on and if that doesn't um steer something up in you if that doesn't make you uh, cry and 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 also get angry and and make you understand that this is really a huge huge issue and that you have to do something anything against this right um so i think that is very important because many of us probably never really thought about what's actually going on there uh, in those um in those abortion mills and um. no i think uh, that's an important point um <clears throat> It's uh, it's it's important to to note as you're talking about about the scale of this uh, of of abortion, the scale at which it happens, where it's the it sounds like it's the leading cause of death, forty percent according to the World Health Organization. Uh, this that level uh, you don't you don't get there without state sponsored support. So I uh, I want to uh, I want to talk. Or see if you want it, you can connect uh, the book that uh, the book that you published with uh, with us with Ezra Press, resisting tyranny uh, on statism, state overreach, how to uh, how to think about that and uh, respond to it from a biblical perspective, out of biblical conviction and love of neighbor, love to God, all of the all of the things that Christianity really uh, you know, expresses itself. As at a very basic level, um, 
how how do you connect the uh, the themes from uh, re- resistance to tyranny and statism with uh, yes. resistance to or responding to abortion? Right. Yeah. Very good. Good point. Um, so. You know, Paul in Romans 13 tells us how the state should be. It should be a deacon, a minister of God, uh, punishing the evildoers, commanding uh, those who do good. Um, So that's what the state should be doing. Um, Look at their master. Look what God is telling them to do. Look at God's law and then say, okay, this is what our master wants. I'm his minister. I'm his deacon. I will make sure that his law... um, Will well, it will be will be the law of this land, and that people will adhere to it. But if the state doesn't do it, if the state becomes a, a an anti-Christian state, then this completely turns around. He becomes the state of of Revela- Revelation thirteen, not Romans thirteen. Revelation thirteen becomes the beast um, that actually um, fights against God, fights against His good law, and perverts it. Yeah calls evil good and good evil. It begins to punish those who do good and command those who do evil. Um, and th- this is also true with, with, especially with abortion. Also, you know, it's always the state with, by his laws uh, that actually uh, causes all these things. So something has been considered bad, evil, uh, illegal. Well, now the state comes and says, well, now it's legal. And this has an effect on the culture. Now everyone thinks, maybe not everyone, but many think, well, it's legal now, so it must be fine. Because they don't understand that there is a higher law. They think when the state said, says it's fine, it's fine. And especially with abortion, you know, in, in, in my sermon, I, I used this illustration. Um, most, most pro-life um, uh, organizations, also Christian ones, well, most of them are Christians, right? <laughs> if not all of them, um, what most of what they do is it's good. Every baby they save, it's it's hallelujah. Uh, but I think most of them actually um, come from the wrong end. So you know, I, I use this illustration. It's it's like a river uh, that's going to a waterfall, and in this river swim swim those babies. And when they arrive at the waterfall, the abortion it's over. They are dead. And most most people would stay stand right next to the waterfall. And and try to, uh, to 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 rescue some of those babies right before they they go down, right before they are killed. And as I said, that is good. And every baby that's saved is is a great great uh, yeah. It's it, that's really great. It's it's a reason a ground to be very grateful. But actually, we have we sh- what we should do, what I should also do, is go there where it starts at the top, where where the state actually stands and keeps throwing babies into the river. So we have to stop the state from throwing babies into the river, not just try to, to rescue some of them before it's too late. Yeah? So, um, because if the state allows this, if, if the state legalizes this, then it will happen. And more and more babies will be thrown into this river and will die. Even if we if we rescue more and more, more and more will also die because it never stops. The stream never stops. So we have to go to the to the root of the evil, and that is the legislation. That is the state with with his laws legalizing abortion, and even more, not just legalizing it, often even funding it and promoting it. Um, so that's actually where we have to have to get at, and also 
this is true for all the other things, whether it's gay marriage or um, or transgenderism or euthanasia. It's always the hat, uh, the the state that legalizes this and actually causes this problem. If the state was a real deacon of God and would say this is forbidden, and and if you do that, I will I will punish you, maybe even with a sword, maybe even with with capital punishment. The, the problem would be much, much smaller. Yeah, so it's the state who is really causing this this big problem. Right, and it's uh, it, it's interesting. Uh, if I can take your your river uh, picture there, mm. and just uh, mm -hmm. use the same picture in a slightly different sense, it's interesting that once once you have opened opened the door culturally to to abortion to the uh, you know the murder of the most the most helpless and innocent among us. Uh, other other forms of killing, other forms of uh, love of death, other expressions of this love of death come easily downstream. So it's uh, if we have if we have opened ourselves up as a culture to abortion, should, none of us should be surprised if we're. That, that there are sophisticated arguments for justifying euthanasia, uh, yeah. justifying yeah. Uh, all other other forms of uh, of death. Yes, exactly. You know, there is one very famous feminist in in Germany. She's now already very old, but she was very mm -hmm. active in the sixties and seventies. She was partly responsible for all this yeah, here in Germany. And uh, she said, well, abortion is the most fundamental human right of each woman. Hmm. And this is, well, first of all, how can it be a human right of woman? I mean, human right means it's for everyone. Maybe it's a women's right, but, so, but okay, leaving that aside, if you argue like that, you know, what is, what is actually the most fundamental human right? the right to life, no, about it, no doubt about it. Because if you don't have the right to life, if you don't have life, you even can't have an abortion. <laughs> yeah, no, no, all the other rights go out the window. So of course, the most fundamental right is not abortion, it's, it's the right to life. Mm -hmm. And if you start saying, well, but this right to life, there's one, one people group, and it's a really big one, it's billions of people, we, we say they don't have this right to life. Well, then it actually has stopped to be a human right because those babies that are murdered, they are humans. If you take this away from them, you have already begun the, pro the process of saying, well, actually, it's not a human right. It's a right for some humans, for some groups of humans. And then, of course, you can just go further. Well, and you maybe also don't have this right. And so, and, and actually, you know, it, it's so fascinating for me and uh, especially with Germany. We, we had all of this during the Nazi regime, yeah? um, especially, you know, almost no disabled uh, children are born anymore because they are all murdered before birth. And that's what the Nazis were doing. They were murdering disabled persons because they said, well, this is not a life worthy life. And, 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 and they didn't even say that, well, it's not, it's not worthy for them. They said, well, th this life per se is not worthy. Uh, to be protected, it, it should be it should be murdered, and actually that's what we're arguing again. So, especially in Germany with this background, and we are right there where the Nazis, uh, where the, where they left, we we uh, just continue. It's really amazing, and um, yeah, 
I think we, we begin to see that this is not just for babies, but it's for the elderly and for the sick. And, and who knows what, what else will, will come out of this, right? So it's a, as you say, it's a, it's a sobering uh, discussion. It's uh, I, and I have the, I have the same issue. I, we're, we're not meant to, we're not meant to do this. This is obviously a, a great offense against God. And it's very difficult for you, as you said, and for me to, to even think about it for very long. Uh, and, and that's as it should be in some sense. But uh, yeah. I guess uh, switching a little bit, you, you talked about how many, many, if not all pro-life organizations are Christian or have Christians uh, involved mm -hmm. with them uh, and that they are they are working uh, and praise God for every one of them that they snatch from the ones and twos out of the river. Uh, but yeah. stri strategically at, at the cultural level, how, how do we respond? What is, what is to be the response yes. of the people of God at large uh, on this issue? Yeah. So m most of those uh, organizations, pro-life organizations, they don't actually work to stop abortion. Yeah, as, as I already mentioned, yeah. they are not really trying to, uh, they are not going to, to the legislature. They, they are not trying to, to do something politically so that uh, this will be illegal again, yeah, that other laws will be passed. Um, that's not what they're doing. So they will never end abortion. Um, they will continue to rescue babies, but they will not put an end to it once and for all. And I think that's what we have to aim at. So... Um, you should you should get organized. It's difficult to do something if you're just doing it in, as an individual, right? Mm -hmm. And there are good good organizations. You know, probably the most uh, the biggest one and maybe most most well known one is uh, End Abortion Now. Yeah, yes. Jeff Durbin's ministry. So there are ministries who are working towards this aim. So you should probably get involved. They have material. They can tell you what to do, and then you have to go out maybe not alone maybe you can uh, can motivate some of of the brothers from from your church to to join you and then you go out and you you preach on the streets you should preach against this you should preach mm -hmm. it from the pulpit but also from the streets you should try to find a way to to be able to preach it to politicians depending on on the country you're in maybe there are maybe there are possibilities that you can can speak before politicians before the magistrate or yeah, maybe there are possibilities. Um, you should try to find allies uh, with, with politicians that can maybe open doors for you so you can address those who need to hear it, those who can actually change something. You should not give your vote to someone who is not against abortion. Um, and you probably should should uh, phone your, your representative uh, or, or write a, an email to him and, and tell, you know, mm -hmm. I want you to stop abortion. This is murder. If you don't do it, I will not vote for you again. And if 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 one individual is doing this, uh, the politician will probably have a good laugh and think you're crazy. Yeah. But if hundred do this, he will probably start to be really annoyed. And if a thousand do this, he will become really fearful. He will. Well, I could actually lose my job. Those are these are many voters, not just one crazy person. So um, I think that's what we have to do. Confronted with the word from the pulpit, on the streets, in front of the abortion mills, of course, and where all of this is happening, right? Uh, trying to save babies, preaching the gospel, preaching the law, preaching the truth. 
and then try to to get to those who can actually change something, which are the politicians, um, which is the legislature, right? And maybe to be honest, maybe just maybe you start by praying for this, because to be honest, I think many don't even pray. You know, mm-hmm. if we have in our prayer meetings, um, we always pray uh, for an end of abortion, and this is maybe where it starts. I think many churches are not really not really touching this issue at all. So start start touching it. Pastor, preach about it. Preach against it. Um, make it a a frequent prayer request uh, that you that you with your entire church pray for this. So this is where it starts. But I don't think that's enough. Um, as I already said, God tells us to open our mouths, to speak against it, and to even become involved in actually saving these these uh, these uh, these babies. So, yeah. Right. Well, I'm uh, I'm grateful. Those are those are good uh, good resources uh, with end abortion now. Uh, those are that's good uh, actionable counsel. I'm always I'm always struck by on the one hand the need to uh, to act in you know in in groups as a as a broader or as a smaller culture as a larger group, uh, but uh, that that doesn't doesn't negate the the need for individual action. So I'm I'm always always struck by yes. that uh, that combination. Yeah, there will never be a group action if if not an individual starts it, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and you can see that very clearly. You know, even the Romans knew well: divide and conquer. So mm-hmm. if we are divided, if we are not really doing something, if you're not coming together and and combine forces, well, then they can just conquer us and rule over us. But if we understand as, as Christianity as a whole understand how serious this issue is and that we have to fight it and combine forces to do this, um, then I believe actually nothing can stop us because uh, Christ will be with us mm-hmm. and he will give us victory. Amen. That is a, that is a good word. Brother, I'm very grateful for uh, the, your time here and for the way that uh, you deal with this subject. Is there anything else uh, on here before I let you go that, uh, that you think is important for our, for our listeners to hear? Well, so maybe for once I would be grateful for prayers because we are trying to build something like anti-abortion now uh, for Germany. Mm. There is nothing here yet. There are those uh, pro-life organizations which try to save some babies at at the one end, but we also want to to go to the top, right? So so we want to start this, and this is, of course, a a big project. So appreciate prayers for this. And... um, and I just want to encourage everyone, one, to, to really love the law of God, because this is what it all comes, comes to. You know, and, and we are disregarding it in so many res- uh, respects. We, uh, so we, we are killing those who we should not kill. And on the other hand, we let those go free, that God actually demands us that we should exercise capital punishment. God, that's yes. also a law of God, a very important one right at the beginning, uh, Genesis 9. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just important to really love the the whole uh, law of God and and want to see it um, being the standard, the law again, also in our in our country, and then be be courageous and actually work towards this end, work, work towards an, an 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 end of abortion, an end of this culture of death, uh, and to a really ref- reformation. Well, you said it's the Reformation Day today. So we, that's what we actually need. We need a, a completely new reformation, at least it's, it's at, at least as important as 500 years ago, 
So um, it's, yeah. So get active. Don't just sit there and, and think, well, the problem is so great and it's so evil and we can never uh, accomplish anything. No, that's, that's, the, that's exactly the, the, the way of thought that led to all of this. You know, right. If the church had been strong 50 years ago, we wouldn't have this culture of death right now. But we were not strong. We were weak. We just let this happen. So now we have to turn around. We have to be brave. We have to be courageous. We have to stand up and really fight for what is good and holy and, and, and true. So that's what I want to encourage everyone to, 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 yeah, to do. Right. Well, praise God. That's a, that's a wonderful exhortation. Tobias Riemenschneider, it's been a pleasure to, uh, to talk to you again. Thank you so much, brother. To all of you who have been with us, thank you for so much for listening and for watching. Uh, please do uh, like and share and uh, comment on the podcast. That helps us to reach more listeners. If this has been a blessing to you and you uh, you trust that it'll be a blessing to others, please uh, take that uh, that quick minute and uh, and share this uh, this recording with others. This has been the podcast for cultural reformation where we remind you that from him and through him and to him are all things. May God be glorified and we'll see you again next week.